Give and Go Show is back in your life. My name is Griffin Queen, and as always, I'm joined by Matt Modai, Matt Farantinos, and super producer Elliot Chiatani. We appreciate you joining us this week, whether you're watching us on YouTube, on Twitter, or listening to us after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or whatever audio platform you choose to consume us from. Uh, before we get going, if you are watching us on YouTube, make sure you click that like button, make sure you subscribe, make sure you comment below. We're going to be doing eastern conference over unders uh this episode so if you've got any particularly tasty ones that you're interested in if you've seen anything on FanDuel or DraftKings or any of your preferred books make sure you toss those in the chat um if you're watching on twitter right now which you certainly may be doing make sure you like the tweet make sure you repost it retweet it react it whatever they're calling it these days um not a whole lot to get into before we get going this week. I do want to give a quick shout out to Matt Modai, who will not be talking a ton this episode because his his voice is a little bit jacked up. His Phillies are 2-0 and in the NLCS right now. Um, so as much as I want them to lose, they just refuse to do so. Modai, I hope you've been enjoying some uh, playoff baseball. It's been very fun. Um, my voice comes and goes. Sometimes it sounds fine. Sometimes it sounds like this, like I'm dying. Uh, really, it's just uh, it's a surprise every time I speak. But uh, I don't yeah. know, man. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Little you got uh, that. Hey. You got that smoker's rasp going yeah, a little bit right little now. Little I've, I've never been more into you. <laughs> Congrats to the two and zero. But just uh, remember to be cautious, Griffin. Remember when the Nats went up two zero. And then literally that weekend, I think they dropped every game to the Dodgers. Here's know, here's another one. Remember, and not that they're the same. Uh, Mona's going to hop for a few minutes and then he'll be back. Remember when the Yankees went up 3-0 and then ended up losing, I think, to the Red Sox in seven? Like yeah, that was the start of the, the Red Sox dynasty a little bit. Um, that was when you knew they were a team of destiny. So I hope. That kind of happens to the Phillies. I hope they get a couple wins and then they lose some games. Super now that Modi has left us, we're not going to talk about a ton of baseball this episode. Like I said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about Eastern Conference over-unders. Um, we're going to go through these alphabetically. We're going to give our takes on each one of them. Modi is going to give a very quick take, and because he just had to jump out of here, I will give his quick take on our first team. We're going to get it started. Uh, and before we get started, just so that everyone's aware, all of these over-unders are based on what FanDuel had posted, I think, last Wednesday, so about a week ago. They may have moved a little bit in that time. You know, there's, just as an example, for the Charlotte Hornets, there was the Miles Bridges news that came out a day or two after our most recent episode. Entirely possible that that has shifted the over-under. We're still working off of last week's data, and that's what we're going to go off of. We're going to get started with the Atlanta Hawks. Last year, they went 41-41. and 41. This year, Vegas has them at the exact same spot. They've got them going. They've got a, a 41 and a half win total. Uh, Modi has the over on this one. And his one sentence uh, summary on this is, I think the Hawks could be better than people think this year. Guys really diving <laughs> in deep on, on the Hawks. Ferentinos, what do you see for, uh, for the Hawks this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm taking the over as well. This one was really tough. I was listening, and a lot of people are kind of consensus on, like, wanting to slam this over, which I'm not too confident in. Um, but I do really like Quinn Snyder. I think he's a good coach. I know they went 500 last year with Quinn Snyder, but you're going to have another offseason, just everything to implement on his style of play, which I think will really help the team. Trey Young's taking another step, and they just have a really good roster. I mean – 
looking at a lot of the guys like Capella and then Agonkwu are really good combo centers there. Trey Young is always really good pick and roll guy. He's worked well with Capella in offense. I love Patty Mills. And then they have Deontay Murray too. DeAndre Hunter is good. Bogdan Bogdanovich has always been one of my favorite guards. I think he was on the he was on the Kings before that, right? Like I know he's bounced around, but Bogdanovich has always been a, a really good piece. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, he was not he was with Sacramento, and before that, he was uh, I don't know if it was necessarily the Euro League, but he played international ball prior to his time with the Kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna take the over, not gonna smash it, but I do like the over for the Hawks this year. Got it. All right. So we're going to go three for three on the over because I am also going to take the over. Uh, Elliot, you can let us know in the chat what you would actually take because on your notes for this one, you put don't care. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really know what to do with that. I'm also going to take the over. Um, they're a good roster. And I think people have allowed their opinions on Trey Young and his style of basketball to kind of influence how good they think the Hawks are. You know, granted, they didn't have a great year last year. There was all the John Collins stuff. There were a lot of injuries. A lot of expecting the Hawks to go over is kind of relying on DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, Trey Young, um, uh, Murray, all these guys to be healthy. DeAndre obviously being the one who is most consistently unhealthy. But if you get relatively decent, healthy uh games played out of these guys if they're all playing 60 plus games i really feel like the over it's not a smash but but 41 and a half wins is not like it's not a lot to expect from a team that likely should be in the playoffs i'm taking the over looks like elliot is taking the under he's taking them at 40 and 42 so just barely an under um but we've got three overs and an under so we're not all on the same page on this one but, you know, does Elliot even know anything about basketball? He's not the talent, so who's to say? Let's move on to uh, our second team. This one's a big one. We've got the Boston Celtics. Last year, they went 57-25. and 25. I think we can all speak, even before I get into the record. I hate this team. You hate this team. Modi hates this team. Elliot should hate this team. Like, we all hate this team. But they're a very good team. FanDuel has them at 40, 54 and a half wins. Excuse me. Modi, what do you have for this one? Yeah. So I have the under here. Um, my one sentence notes is that they're still going to be awesome, but I don't know if they're going to be 55 win awesome. Uh, too much change in injury risk concerns to think that they're going to win 55 games. They're still going to be really, really good. 55 is just too rich for my blood. Sure. Tarantino's. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I just think they're probably going to win the conference this year. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play a lot of their games and they're getting Drew Holiday. So like, they're just going to have three amazing switchable defensive players. Chris Porzingis is going to be a positive for them on offense. He's going to be a negative on defense, but I think Al Horford will make up for that. Um, and honestly, like they're just, they're stacked. They're talented. They have the continuity. I think they upgraded when they lost Marcus Smart, went to Drew Holiday. Yes, they gave up some depth when they gave up Time Lord and Brogdon, but I don't really think it's going to impact them too much. I also love Derek White, although seeing him play basketball for the first time with the bald head was pretty, uh, pretty shocking it's weird. for me. Used to it. It's it's weird, but at the same time, we all kind of wanted it to happen because it was receding so terribly that like he didn't have like his hairline was like already like halfway across his head. That this like I don't know if it's an improvement, but it's it's also not worse. Um, 
His hairline is, is the 41 and 41 win total of, of hairlines. Like, it's just not great, but not awful. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to smash the over on this one. I think if you were, if I were to be asked to pick a 60 win team in the NBA this year, the Celtics are the one that I would take. Uh, I was going through kind of their new starter rotation. And obviously, like Modi mentioned, like Ferentino's mentioned, health is going to be a big factor. Um, but across their starter rotation, those five guys, even with some of them not playing full seasons last year, had 37.3 win shares last year, which is more than every other team in the NBA, with the exception of Cleveland. And Cleveland got to that like very slightly above that by having guys who in total played like a hundred more games than the Celtics starters. If much like I said with the Hawks, if you're getting 60 games out of these guys, granted, they're not going to go 60 and 22 at that point, but they're going to be the best team in the conference. I'm a little tentative about saying that they're going to be the actual best team in the East, because I think the top end talent of a team like the Bucks might be a little bit better, but 54 and a half wins feels low to me. I'm taking the over. I'm smashing it. Looks like Elliot is smashing the over as well. So Modi is our only under on this one. We've got an over for Ferentinos and two smash overs for me and Elliot. We're moving quick. Let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets. Ferentinos, your team. Last year, 45 and 37. This year, Vegas has them at a much lower 37 and a half wins. Uh, Modi, let's start with you. Yeah, I have them going over. Like 38 wins is not that much, and I think they're going to be a fine team. Um, I, my notes, I already, already ditched my notes. Um, th- yeah, 38 wins is not that many. <laughs> closer to a 500 team in my eyes, and they have a, a bunch of number two and number three options, so their ceiling is really low. But I think in the regular season, like they're going to win 38 games, in my opinion. Love to hear it. I'm surprised by that analysis because like, I've been just – listening to a lot of just preseason podcasts and reading a lot of articles. And it seems like those people are so down on the nets. Like they're like maybe one of the bottom, like five teams in the NBA. I don't really understand that. You know, I could see if, you know, injuries happen and just falls apart. That could be the case, but they don't have their first round pick this year. So there's no incentive to lose their tank. I think they do want to remain competitive. It was disappointing that we uh, missed out on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. I thought this would have been a really good uh, fit and a good team for him. But they're still, I think Nick Claxton is a little underrated right now. I think that he started to get on the scene last year with his defense, but I think that his offensive game can take another positive step this year. They're filled with guys like uh, literally Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson are just exactly what you want in a power forward. Mikel Bridges has shown the, uh, you know, scoring ability. He can put up 40 point games. Cam Thomas, I think he'll be a bench rotation piece, but at best, maybe like a six man that just lights it up. Din shitty sucks, but you know, maybe he'll get <laughs> traded at some point. <laughs> but Sometimes it'd be your own man. <laughs> just bashing his own player. <laughs> but like, um, I, I do think that Lonnie Walker and even um, Dennis Smith Jr. will be interesting pieces on this team. Lonnie Walker was my last year six man of the year award winner. So that didn't really work out for the Lakers, but there's promise there. Um, and yeah, I think the big question mark is Ben Simmons. And all I'm saying is from preseason this year, he's made some plays. Got some fadeaways, you know, a little follow through on there. Um, and I think 
if he's not afraid to go to the line and he can be a part of the offense and he can move and distribute the ball and just show any flashes of the defensive player that he was, I think it'll be they'll be closer to 40 wins. I think they'll definitely get the over on 37. But that's I think my, we're gonna be on I think we're <laughs> we're gonna be on some five beat five five by five watches with Ben Simmons this year. And I don't necessarily mean blocks or steals, I mean turnovers and fouls. Um, <laughs> so they're gonna be whatever the five by five version of a cripple double is. Um, everything that mo- the two of you said, I, I agree with. I'm also taking the over on this team. I think, you know, it's 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 funny you mentioned they would have been good with Damian Lillard. You know, we all know they're going to get Carl Anthony Towns sometime in the next 18 months. So enjoy your consolation prize, Tarantinos. Uh, you look at this team, and I think the reason that a lot of people are down on them is that they don't have a genuine number one player. You've got a lot of guys who would be you know, Bridges would probably be a number two on a good but not great team. Cam Johnson's number three. Ben Simmons, if he's healthy, is a number three or a four. Cam Thomas is a six man. Uh, Nick Claxton could be the best center on your team, but you need to have a really good guard and wing rotation to kind of make it work because he has, for all of his positives, he does have some very noticeable flaws. But like you said, 37 and a half is like not that many wins. Um particularly with there being a couple teams like at the bottom of the conference, like the Pistons and the Wizards, that they're just going to be able to stack some wins against. Um, This is not a year where I want to do a Nets versus Wizards bet because I just don't think that's going to go in my favor. Uh, I'm taking the over. Modi's taking the over. Ferentinos is taking the over. And it looks like Elliot's saying it's a good line. He's taking the over as well. So for our first, first one here, we are all taking the over on the Brooklyn Nets. But they're the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to disappoint us. They're going to disappoint us. They're they're going to win 30 games, and we're all going to say we missed all the signs. Uh, Let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets, one of the uh, most maligned teams in uh, in the NBA. Last year, they were 27 and 55. This year, Vegas has them at 30.5. And I do need to say, I said at the beginning of the episode, and Modi may have missed it, these are all based on data that was pulled about a week ago. So this was under the assumption that Miles Bridges was going to be playing and on the team. I don't necessarily know if that is going to be the case this season because of his ongoing legal troubles. That over-under might be at a lower number now, but we are going to work off of 30.5. Bodai, let's start with you on this one. Yeah, even with the Bridges news, this is a smash over for me. Um, Obvious, um, uh, sorry, obvious prerequisite (laughs) that they're going to need to stay healthy, but this number is just way too low. They won 43 games two years ago, and this is largely the same team. Even with Miles Bridges, I don't think he's worth 13 wins or whatever it is. So a lot of injury risks with LaMelo, with Gordon Hayward, even Rogier's older. But th- to me, this is this is just too low of a number. It's a smash over. Fantinos. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to go over too. And I honestly hope Bridges doesn't play. I know that he was a really good player for them two years ago when they did win those 43 games. Um, but obviously, I and I'm not afraid to say this, I don't think a piece of shit like that should be in the league. So hopefully the legal system works it out and then the league can take action and maybe the Hornets will cut him. Um, But I do think like if Gordon Hayward can actually play and be healthy, they'll be good. They still have Terry Rogier for, in my opinion, is still a very good guard. Scary Terry, baby. Yeah, love, love some scary Terry. And then 
I've seen Brandon Miller make some plays in the preseason. I think they're obviously, this is a guy that they want to get involved and I think he has the potential. So if he can just step up and kind of fill the gap that Miles Bridges left by being off the team, um, I think that they, 30 wins is nothing. Like I think they could easily get to like 35 wins, even without Bridges. Yeah, big, big number, 35 wins, real barn burner. Uh, <laughs> I've gone back and forth on this one a lot. I ended up settling on the over. The biggest thing for me, even still missing Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball is their best player. I don't think that's really in question. He played less games last year than 13 other dudes who played for the Hornets. If you assume even just an average season of health, which for a ball son, not necessarily – sorry, fewer. You're right. You're right, uh, Elliot. <laughs> fewer, not less. I hope my sister's not watching this because she will be uh, sending death threats to me. Uh, if you just assume that he if, he if he plays 45 games, it's going to be significantly more than last year. If he plays 60 games, significantly more. If he plays a 70-game season like he should for a player his age, then they're going to be a decent team. They're not going to be great. I wouldn't pick them against any of the playoff – like actual playoff teams. They might back their way into a playing spot and they'll lose in their first game. But 31 wins, which is really what it is, is so low. That's like they're they're bringing a lot of good players back. I know there's an injury history. And if guys get hurt and we have all of them, you know, missing 50 plus games, we're going to look back on this and we're going to feel dumb. But there's only so much that you can account for injuries when when you're talking about the win totals, because you kind of just got to hope that guys are going to be healthy. Uh, so just to confirm the three of us all went over. Yeah. And, and Moda, you yeah. smashed it. Okay. Well, Elliot went under. So Elliot is, uh, going to disagree with us on this one. He thinks if he ends up being right. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear again, like I said, the actual number might be lower than this now. So you might be able to go if, if you're watching this and you want to, or listening to this, you can go put some money, uh, on, on the Hornets on FanDuel number might be real tasty. It might be like 28 and a half at this point. Go hit that over. Let's move on to the Chicago Bulls. Last year, they went a very mediocre 40 and 42. This year, Vegas has them at 37 and a half. Uh, Modai, as always, we will start with you. Yep. I have the under. Uh, my one sentence is that they are the second saddest team in the NBA. <laughs> Who's the saddest? <laughs> we'll get to them later. Are they going to be the last team that we get to in the Eastern Conference? Because I really feel like they are. Unfortunately, that's, yes. That's tough for me. Okay, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, that kind of depression. Ferentinos. Yeah, I'm taking the under two. Um, I'm just curious when this experiment is finally going to end and they're just going to figure out whether, that, whether or not they just want to rebuild. Um, I mean – Two, three years ago when they put this team together, it seemed like a lot of fun, but obviously Lonzo can't stay healthy. Um, Caruso, for as great as he is, has had his health concerns last year. He wasn't playing a lot. And, I mean, you kind of know what the identity of this team is and you know what the ceiling is, and it's not that great. Um, yeah, Two years ago, I they guess, were really fun. It's boring. What did they finish they, at, like 47 were, and 35, were, and they had that huge streak? And they were a very fun team two years ago, and then it it – collapsed they beat the nets i remember when they first came together because i was like oh great fucking nets can't beat any team that's actually good and this is when they were yeah. good so i was looking forward to that game um but yeah i just i don't think they're gonna this is gonna be the year where they start taking a lot less wins and i just don't think they're gonna be able to compete 
are they going to try to move DeRozan maybe, Levine, Vucevic? It'll be curious what they do there, but I'm not it on uh, not in on the Bulls. Funnily enough, I remember us recording our over-under two years ago when it was just you and I, Ferentinos, and I remember us being like, yeah, this team's going all in on offense. Their defense is going to suck. And then for those first, like, 50 or so games, they were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA before the injuries started racking up. Uh, so we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, I'm also taking the under on this one, and I'm smashing it. I had in my notes that last time they were over 500 last season was game nine on November 2nd. After that, they were below 500 the entire season, basically picking up like one win, two losses, two wins, one loss the entire rest of the way through, ended up finishing at almost 500. This year, the injuries are even more significant than they were last year. They just gave Vooch a bunch of money, which I don't really fully understand. And this is like the number one contender, I think, for blowing a team up before the deadline. I think they're going to try and move Zach Levine I think they're going to do whatever they can to try and get off Lonzo's contract if they can, if they can attach picks to to move over past it. They'll probably move Caruso. This team is going to be a graveyard by the time we get to February. I'm smashing the under on this one, uh, and it looks like Elliott is taking the under as well. So we are are very very out on the Chicago Bulls. And I'm in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, tough look for Chicago. The Bulls not great. The Bears not great. White Sox, pretty awful. Cubs fell apart. I don't know how the Blackhawks are doing. The season just started. I don't really watch hockey. Blackhawks are bad, too. Okay, Elliot tells me the Blackhawks are bad, too. I kind of love that. That's kind of awesome. Chicago, kick rocks. (laughs) Um, Love the city, though. I actually genuinely love the city of Chicago and would move there in a heartbeat if uh, Southern California no longer was viable for me. Let's move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that I think we were all pretty high on last year. Uh, they ended up going 51 and 31. Very good record. FanDuel has them at basically the exact same spot this year. They've got them at 50 and a half. Modai, let's get going. Yeah, I'm on the over. Um, I'm surprised that they had a lower total than they did last in the games they won last year. They won 51 games. Should only get better this year. Young team. They added some pieces that I like. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a ton over 50, so I'm not smashing this, but this is a pretty clear over for me. I think the same thing uh, in agreement with, with Matt. Um, I mean, they just got so many young pieces. They still have Donovan Mitchell, which I'm curious if at some point he might also be moved just the way things that ended last year. Um, I know that Garland is also a ball dominant guard. It just seemed like when they were struggling, it was hard for them to generate offense when they had Allen and Mobley on the court at the same time, which makes me think, will Mobley take that other step up? I mean, a lot of people are really high on Mobley. I still think he could be a really good player, but I think he's going to have to expand his jump shot or just become like a true center, which that'll create some more spacing. But yeah, got a great, uh, got a lot of talent. They got Max Struess, which was the undrafted guy from Miami who did well last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of Amani Bates. And then I think it's pretty cool that they got Evan Mobley's little brother, Isaiah Mobley, who was balling in summer league. Um, but yeah, I'm taking that over. I think the Cavs are still going to be really good this year. I got to ask, is it going to be that interesting to see what happens to Imani Bates? Like yeah. we've seen undersized <laughs> score first guys. How many times now that like that, that are, are really hyped up coming out of high school and then they get to the league and they kind of just like, aren't good at basketball. Like, yeah, he's fun to watch. But he weighs less than like my dogs. Like it's just like it's a, a little dude. Bus. 
great. Generate buzz. Go do it in the Euro League. Go do it in like Israeli basketball. Go go play in South Korea and, and beat up on dudes who are topping out at six one. Like I he might be a steal of the draft. I don't know. I just don't believe in Amani Bates the way that I think a lot of people don't believe in Amani Bates anymore. I think uh we've all kind of there's been a lot of returning to the center on how people feel about him after the amount he was hyped a couple of years ago. Um, I hope he's fun to watch. I, I will agree with you on that. It, that that would be his version of interesting for me. I disagree with you guys. I'm smashing the under. Smash after being under. as high as I was on the Cavs last year, I'm smashing the under. Career highs last year in games played for Garland, Okoro, Lavert, and Mobley, and the most games played in half a decade for both Allen and Mitchell. I just don't necessarily trust the health of this team. There are health concerns. Um, I think there are fit concerns. We saw that when they got to the playoffs. You know, obviously playoffs and regular season are very different things, but there might be game planning that teams can do for the Cavs that they weren't able to do so uh, last year in the regular season because of how the playoffs went, where their wings just were not particularly great. Um, you know, they could end up being a 50-win team, and and I would love to see it happen because I like this roster. I like the players that are on it. I just don't know if I necessarily trust the health. Uh, Elliot keeps telling us that he smashed don't care. I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> so it looks like we've got two overs and an under, a smash under, and Elliot just doesn't get to be part of this bet. Let's move on to the Detroit Pistons. Unless you guys have – you got any counters to, to how I feel about the Cavs? Because I feel like this is – our first big disagreement. I don't have a counter on the Cavs. I do want to check the tape because I'm pretty sure when we talked about summer league, you were talking about how you were high on Amani Bates. So I do think we need to check. I, the was. Tape. <laughs> I, so, was, okay. I was high on him. And then I like, I watched him play against, you know, other play. Like I like watching him play. That's the thing is that I think he is fun to watch. I just don't know if he can do it against NBA players. Yeah, that's and, fair. If this team and, and look, if the Cavs go and get one or two more wings, and I don't know how they're going to do that because I don't really know who's available right now because obviously wings are super valuable. But if you have Amani Bates as like your eighth or ninth guy and he's part of a bench unit where he's just allowed to score and do whatever, and you're not too worried about like the defensive shortcomings you're going to get from him, he's going to be a ton of fun to watch. But if he's playing with who they currently have for their bench unit, where I just don't trust them that much and there's a lot of weird fit issues i think it's kind of going to be like how i feel about cam thomas where it's going to be like this dude who can put up numbers and the plus minus is never positive and i never feel like he's like a meaningful player and i'm not trying to shit on cam thomas because he's another dude who is fun to watch but he is in my mind not a winning player the way that he is used by the nets and it's not his fault Let's let Bates put up 40 points before uh, multiple times before we give him the Cam Thomas comparisons. Put some sure, but you were him. high on Cam Thomas before he put up 40 points. <laughs> and yeah. also now cool. you're going back on Imani Bates. <laughs> you were the dude high on Imani Bates. I, I still think he's going to be fun to watch. I'm just saying, you know, let's just let's, let's cool it a little. I think he was described as interesting. In <laughs> I think he was described as interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, me, I I want this Cavs team to do well, which is a weird thing to say about a team in a conference where the only team I really want to do well is the Wizards. But there's just something about the Cavs, even though I don't particularly like their ownership. I want them to succeed in non-LeBron years to prove that they are capable of being an NBA team in non-LeBron years. 
And last year they did that. And that was very cool. So it's going to be cool if they do it again. I just, I don't know if I trust the health. Well, you know, could be very wrong. They could all play 82 games. They could be the guys who bring back playing 82 games. Donovan Mitchell, 83 game season because he gets traded halfway through coming up. I was just going to say the Nets need a number one and the Cavs need wings. Actually, to to that point, that that is a good point. Uh, I guess Donovan Mitchell could play 83 without getting traded because now we have the in season tournament. So if they were to win the in season or even just go to the in season finals, he could conceivably play 83. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be cool. It'd be a cool thing. I'd be very wrong about their health. Let's move on to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, last year, a putrid 17 and 65. Uh, I don't know if my boy Ian Howard is watching this one, but if he is, I apologize <laughs> for how I described that. But you thought they were going to win 35 games, man. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, this year, Vegas has them at a significantly <laughs> better 27 and a half. I know you noted in the notes, uh, Modi, that this is the highest positive growth in the NBA for an over-under. Let's start with you on this one. Yeah, I don't feel great about it, but I do have the over on this one. I feel like I love a lot of their young players, and I think they're going to play hard all year. And I also think um, Monty is a huge improvement over the corpse of uh, Dwayne Casey, who they've had coaching them. It all just depends probably on the health of Kate Cunningham, who I think will be able to stay healthy. Again, I don't feel great about it, not super confident, but I do have the over. You sound a little bit like Dwayne Casey right now. I do, or like Doc Rivers after he. Or like Doc, you're you're yeah. trending towards Doc Rivers, but I don't want to put that evil on you just yeah. yet. You've got another pack or two a day uh, for a few years before another you're Doc Phillies, Another Phillies game, and I'll get right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ferentinos. Yeah, I've been taking the over on like every team, so I think I'm going to take the under on the Pistons just because ten games is a lot, and I know that Cade got shut down. What was it like the second week of the season? I think. Like, because I think we were talking about your buddy Ian, too, talking about how good the Pistons are going to be. And literally when that happened, it's like, well, there goes the Pistons' chances, like two weeks into the season. Um, But, I mean. They won half as many games as he needed them to win (laughs) to win his bet against me. And it was a bet for charity, so, like, not a big deal. But, yeah, disappointing. I can just see this. Though, like, I'm not sure what their lineups are going to be. I mean, I do love the acquisition of Joe Harris. My boy, although he couldn't make a jump shot in the playoffs that one game. Um, but I really like Jaden Ivey, what I saw from him last year when Cunningham was out. I still thought, thought that Detroit was uh, more of a fun team. They're going to get uh, a sort Thompson, who both the Thompson brothers, I know, are getting a lot of hype coming into the league this year. Um, but I just still think they're young team. They got, I don't know what they're going to do with James Wiseman on their team. Um, but it'll be curious. I could see maybe like, Bogdanovich being a guy that they want to move. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Boban Bogdanovich. I'd get these two guys confused, but I know there's difference between them. Um, but no, I mean, I'm just taking the under. I'm not too hot on the Pistons this year. Sure. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand being low on them, particularly after how last year went. Elliot asked in the chat, is Cade going to be healthy? It's the million dollar question. I'm taking the over because I believe that he will be. I, I My hope is that last year was an isolated incident. Um, kind of like we said with the Hornets, and who were at 30 and a half. 27 and a half is not a lot of wins. Uh, and while the Pistons are a little bit younger than the Hornets and their top end might be a little bit less talented, or at least a little less polished than the Hornets, like Cade Cunningham is a very good player. Uh, their roster 
is a series of very good, albeit young players. I'm hoping that a lot of them take a big step this year. I'm hoping that we're getting a full year of Cade where he can do that floor general thing that he's so good at. Um, and I'm, I'm taking the over on this one. Looks like Elliot's taking the over as well. So, Ferentinos, you're the odd man out this time. Boo, Detroit. Come at me. I'm but also, me. I get it. Like, I, I get thinking about, like, I'm taking too many overs. I got to pop in some unders. Do you guys, like, try and make sure that it's even across the board? I don't try. I mean, like, so the first four teams I picked, I want the over. I was like, okay, so maybe I got to throw some unders in here. Because I think a team that has, like, such a low win total, too, like, at some point, if they know that they're not going to get in the playoffs and they're not going to succeed, I feel like there is an incentive to just kind of tank a little bit, at least give uh, younger guys some minutes that they want to develop, try different things with rotations that don't always lead to wins. Um, So I think that's what could happen here too. Yeah, I will say I do not try and make it like 15 and 15. I think I've got maybe 17 or 18 overs to 12 or 13 unders this time, but I expect the overs to be lesser overs in most cases than some of the unders where I think guys are Mm going to be significantly under the wins will probably end up in the right neighborhood uh hopefully i do better than i did last year where i only got 13 right so hopefully you didn't uh bet on anything i told you to last year because i was real high on the timberwolves (laughs) Uh, let's move on to the indiana pacers who last year finished at 35 and 47 this year fanduel's got them at 38 and a half modi what do you have for the pacers um, I have the over as well, and this is where I made a note where the totals for these East teams are just so, so low. Because like it feels like – I mean, like with Ferentino, so I'm on the over on a lot of them, and it's just because of how low the numbers are. Um, I do try to make it close to 50-50. I think I had like two more overs than I did unders. Um, or so I guess – I think it was 17 and 13 because I had two more. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Uh, math. And – um, so my notes are the Pacers are young and scrappy. They should presumably be better than last year, adding Bruce Brown, another year of development for Halliburton and Matherin. Um, I also think that they're, wait, what did I say? The no, you didn't say anything. Elliot's saying dumb shit in the chat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, oh I just saw that. I was like, did I say that? Elliot asked us in the chat to name one team on the Pacers <laughs> and Ferentinos and I immediately <laughs> oh, okay. got in the chat to be like, you're a dumb person. <laughs> There's a um, lot of players you could name. I literally have multiple players named on my sheet on the Pacers or could name them off the top of my head. Elliot, other people watch basketball. We don't just watch the Raptors. I especially in Indiana. can't even respond. Like this is such bad audio because he cannot respond to us. Um, I named, <laughs> I named three players. So yeah, I can, uh, yeah, I think they're going over. Who, who are the three that you named? Uh, Bruce Brown, um, Benedict, Matherin, and uh, Halliburton. Oh, okay. I had Halliburton, Matherin, and Turner. So there you go. We're up to four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Look at us go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you though. I'm taking the over. I feel like the Pacers are always competitive. I feel like they're uh, similar. They're like one of those small market teams that are just always good. And I feel like that's been their history and it's going to continue this year. Um, I do love the acquisition of Bruce Brown that they got, which we had mentioned. I think Matherin's going to take another step. I remember he came out LeBron like his first game and I think outscored him. And I definitely made a big deal on one of the give and go shows, but you know, he definitely tempered his expectations. He wasn't rookie of the year or anything, but I think he is a really good player and a hit on the draft piece. TJ McConnell is a great guard, good defensive guard. Um, Daniel Theis is another guy that, like, 
not as much as Kelly Olenek, but it just pisses me off how good and effective he can be. And I feel like he's on winning teams. And I didn't even talk about Tice. Tice, Tice, what is it? Tice, Tice. And I say Tice. No, just ignore the age. I know the, uh, you, you want to say the age. Just ignore the age. I'm sure he has nice thighs. Um, but uh, and he's then, an yeah. NBA player, so he probably does. <laughs> They got Tyrese Halliburton, who, as we saw on FIBA over the summer, and is going to be like an all-NBA, um, really talented player that they have on their team for a full season. I think they're going to be really good this year. Well, I'll put them at like 42 wins. I'm going to smash this over. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say they're going to be really good this year, but I'm on the same page as y'all. I think they're going to be good. Like, And, and to Modi's point about – how low a lot of these win totals are. I think a lot, like, obviously we're kind of expecting much like this past year, there to be this just glut of teams in the West where they're all going to be between like 43 and 47 wins and fighting for playoff seating until game 82, 83. Um, in the East, you've got the Celtics, you've got the Bucks to some extent, you've got the Sixers and you've got the Cavs that there seems to be some sort of expectation that they're going to take so many wins from these other teams because they're going to be, you know, between 50 and 60 win teams that you're going to have a lot of guys hanging out in the 30s. I don't necessarily think the Pacers are going to be one of those teams. I think they're better than what's predicted for them. Uh, what I've got here is just expected continued growth for their starting five, the team as a whole. Um, to your point, Ferentinos, the Pacers don't like losing games. They have like a mandate either from ownership or it, maybe it's just the culture of the team where there's just an expectation that they they are not a bad team. They can be mediocre, but they're not allowed to be like genuinely bad. I expect them to be a lot closer to the good side of mediocre than I do the bad side of mediocre. Uh, so I'm going to take the over on this one as well. And it looks like Elliot has the under on this team that he doesn't know any of the players for. Indiana so, loves basketball, man. They love their Indiana basketball. Indiana does love basketball. And the Pacers are, may, might be like the fifth favorite basketball team in Indiana, but that's fine because <laughs> they, they put on a good product every year. Um, definitely a, a, a college area. Uh, let's move on to the Miami Heat. Last year, they went 44 and 38. This year, FanDuel has them at a slightly better 45 and a half. But I, how do you see the Heat doing this year? Yeah, I have the under for them. I just think they're going to wake up when the playoffs start. And I do think that they're going to miss Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, uh, despite the fact that they always seem to find guys out of nowhere. I do think those are like two very important rotation players for them, especially because like you know Jimmy's not going to play a ton. Kyle Lowry's not going to play a ton. Uh, and they're just a team that's like the ultimate. They don't care about the regular season. So I took the under. I think uh... – yeah, I was thinking – I'm just thinking about this. I wanted to take the under two, but I'm going to take the over. allowed. Um, I think I'm going to take the over. Um, feeling, you know, Jimmy Butler's photo is just the most hilarious thing, too. I love that he did, like, the My Chemical Romance Hot Topic uh, photo this year. Um, it's the Amani but... Bates of photos. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to trust Spo as one of the best coaches in the NBA. I feel like it's kind of like consensus that he's one of the top coaches and he definitely gets the most out of the players that he has and the roster that he has on the team. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the over. I went back and forth on this one a lot, largely for the reasons y'all put out there. I'm going to settle on the under despite feeling 
okay about the roster. You know, obviously Jimmy Butler, Bam, uh, Tyler Hero, probably going to have a really, really good year. I think he's going to have a really good year. I hope he's healthy. Uh, I am the number one Tyler Hero fan. I don't really know why, but I am. Um, <laughs> they were a 53-win team the year before, and they ended up having even less playoff success than they did this past year. If there is a team in the NBA that has learned that they can sleepwalk to the playoffs and still go deep, it is the Miami Heat. They're going to try and save their legs as much as possible, especially considering the way that the wheels kind of fell off for Jimmy Butler towards the end of that playoff run with the injuries that he was getting. And I think just nagging injuries he has at this point. 45 and a half is not a ton of wins. So they very well could go over this. I just don't think, like I said last year, I don't think they're going to care to. So I'm taking the under on this one. And I don't think it's going to be an indictment on Spo at all because they could be a 41-win team and still end up going to the conference finals or something like that. Um, this will be a hard year to do it, but it, it's the Miami Heat, so I'm not going to rule them out by any means. Let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks, potentially the best team in the conference. Last year, they went 58-24. and 24. This year, FanDuel has them at a lower 54-and-a-half. Uh, Modai. What are the Bucs going to do this year? It's similar to the Celtics. I think they're going to be awesome, but I also have them going under. I think they know it's not going to matter until the playoffs start. And with an older team with Brooke and Dame and less depth than they're used to having, I think they're going to take a small step back in the regular season, similar to the year they won the title where they experimented a lot in the regular season, which led to fewer wins, but led to like significantly college. more yeah, postseason success. Um, <laughs> I didn't really get that at first. I just kind of nodded. But uh, yeah, we all experimented <laughs> in college, just like the Bucks are going to do. In the you have to. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, I think they're going to be really good. If they won 60 games, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think more likely than not, they're going to go under. Sure. Fantastic. I'm going to take the over. I just think that Giannis himself generates so many wins. Just he can carry them to so many wins. He's a freak that's going to stay healthy and play every game. And with Damian Lillard, just like seeing the two of them play together and their chemistry already, they were at 58 wins last year. I don't see any reason why they can't get into that 56 win, like 54 to 58 win range again. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see more of what the Bucks look like with those Dame Giannis pick and rolls. Like it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch, like in critical situations. If they have games where it is come down to the line and they're in those situations, I'm curious how the offense is going to run. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think. Bucks and the Celtics, clear top two teams above everybody else. They are an older roster. I'm not sure if Middleton is going to start the season healthy, so that's another question mark there. Um, but I think I think I'm going to take the over. I'm actually going to smash the over for the Bucks here. Got it. Wow, smash over. Okay, um, I'm going to go in the other direction. I'm going to go in the same direction as Modi. I'm going to take the under. Uh, while I do honestly think that I would pick them against the Celtics in the playoffs. Their depth is an issue. Um, I think they're going to lose games when they're – because I, I think the new rules are in effect this year where you cannot rest multiple, like, recent All-Stars at the same time. So there's going to be a lot of games where they're going to alternate resting Giannis and Dame. It's going to take Dame a little bit of time to adapt to this roster. <clears throat> Giannis has kind of proven that he doesn't care as much about the regular season anymore. He's kind of won the big awards. He's won a title. He cares about winning a title. Um, 
they're going to be a 50 win team. I, I, by, by, by no means do I think that they're going to be in the forties, but I just like, kind of like I said with the heat, I don't know if they necessarily care, but, but they're more talented across the board than the heat. And just by virtue of Giannis being able to put up 30, 20 games when he kind of feels like it, uh, they're, they're probably going to be a 50 win team. I don't feel great about the under, but I'm, I'm taking the under on this one. Elliot has the over, but it looks like in the chat he has them at the under. So that's confusing. I'm going to say he's taking neither and no, we'll see how he, it goes. He has the under on the sheet. He has, he has the, under. the under? Okay. So he's ignoring his own sheet. Maybe we swayed him, Modi. Maybe maybe we, uh, our, our arguments were better than Ferentina's. I don't know. Either way. What's up? I'll hit I'll hit Dame Dalla with a guest feature on his next song if they hit the over. Yeah, yeah. You just start doing like Dame time shit all the time. He's going to get you on a, a SoundCloud <laughs> track. Um, Big Tino's coming back at you. First you time go. in 13 years. Kind of wish Got to start wasn't. again sometime. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's true. You know, it's, it's, it's hip hop. You never really retire. You just kind of leave for a little bit. Uh, let's move on to the New York Knicks. <laughs> Who went 47 and 35 last year and are projected this year for 45 and a half wins? Modi, the Mecca of basketball. How's it going to be? Um, I have them going under. They have a fine roster, but basically they're good every other year. This is the bad year. Them and Julius Randle every other year, they're good. Uh, this is the bad year. So I have them going under. I might change my take because I forgot about the every other year Julius Randle. Shit. All right. Uh, Ferentinos, I'll let you go while I think about this. What's that? Just looking at the roster, uh, I mean, I'm going to take the under two. Um, I just think they overachieved a little bit last year. I think they came as a little bit of a surprise to everybody else. I am clearly high on a lot of the other teams in the East that I think are going to get better. Like, I think Charlotte's going to get a little bit better. I think the Nets are going to beat everyone's expectations. I We're getting to it later, but I think that the Wizards are actually going to be a little better than their putrid record and their over-under. So You're using the word putrid a lot this episode, and I love that. Bro. <laughs> That's a great word. It's a very Harry Potter word. Putrid and jabroni again. We got to use more jabroni. Oh, yeah. Let's, let, I mean, we've got the Philly hat on the pod. We got to get jabroni in here. We are, I think, I can say this. We're all jabronis. Yeah. I feel feel pretty jabroni-ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still think they're going to be good. I still think they're going to be a bottom-end playoff team in the East, but um, more around like 43 wins, closer to 500. Love Jalen sure. Brunson, though. Jalen Brunson's a baller. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the over on this one. Um, and, and my note for it was that they're quietly good, which is a very weird thing to say about the New York Knicks. But Thank last you. year... It felt like there was just very little attention paid to them going 47 and 35, which is a good record. It's not a great record, but it's a good record. Uh, and I think they're probably going to be maybe the exact same record this year. Like, I, I I would not rule that out by any means. There is one of the notes that I put is if Randall doesn't regress, and now I think he is going to because what I pointed out every other year, Randall is a very real thing. Um, but I expect more development from Brunson, particularly coming off of the FIBA World Cup. I expect quickly to get better. I'm hopeful that Hartenstein will get better because I think he's an interesting piece for that team. Um, the Knicks are still New York's team, but we are potentially a year or two away from 
them aging out a little bit and and it being the nets again for a very brief period once again <laughs> while they try to build a super team and then everything collapses as it's prone to do but but right now it's the next time and uh, i'm going to take the over on them and i think elliot is also going to be taking the L, uh, the under so we've got three unders in and over quick. got a quick little fun fact here so i was looking at their roster jacob Jacob Toppin, I saw an article reunited with his brother Obi Toppin, but I'm pretty sure Obi Toppin is on like the Pacers now. I think. Um, so, yeah. I, so I was looking for Obi Toppin on the roster. I just thought that was funny because with the Mobleys and the Cavs, see a lot of brothers together. And I think it's kind of funny that as soon as Jacob goes to the Knicks, big bro gets yeah, down. yeah, get the uh, get the the Morai twins back together, and then like put them in prison. I don't need them to be <laughs> on an NBA team. That's how I feel about that fuck ass family. Uh, let's move on to the Orlando Magic before I get really aggressive. Oh, got a good clip right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably shouldn't clip that. Probably shouldn't clip that. <laughs> let's move on to the Orlando Magic, who last year went 34 and 48, and this year are projected to go 37 and a half wins. Modai, how do you feel about the Magic? Um, yeah, I have another – or this is another over, mostly just because it's the total is just so low. Um, they're young, another young and scrappy team that I like. I like Paolo. I love uh, Wagner. Even Fultz has made some like pretty significant improvements, which I really think is cool to see. Uh, they're going to play hard, and there's going to be probably five games this year where they beat a contender who's take, basically, quote-unquote, taking the night off. So I have the over on this one. That's a good point, that, that they're going to win some games where guys just don't show up. Interesting. I'm going to take the under. Um, I still think that – you know, they basically ran the team with Paolo and Franz Wagner last year. Um, I just think that they're still a young, inexperienced team that is going to be one of those teams that probably has to do a lot of um, lineup turnover to figure out what they want to do, who's going to get minutes. Um, they still have a lot of injury risks on their team. I do think Paolo Bancaro is a boss, and Wagner's a lot of fun to watch, too. They both really showed out in the FIBA tournament. So they're going to be interesting. They're definitely going to be one of the league pass teams that I'm going to pay attention to this year, but I'm going to take the under on the magic. You're talking about Mo Wagner, right? Not Franz Wagner. Obviously you're a Mo, Mo Wagner guy. He's the better um, of the two. No, you're talking about Franz. I'm just walking with you. Franz Wagner. Yeah. No, Mo Wagner's yeah, yeah. also on the team though. Um, but yeah, I mean, both yes, the, he is. He is, he is the inferior brother. Like let's, let's call it what it is. He's the inferior brother. Um, Elliot is asking us if Isaac is back. Jonathan Isaac, I believe, quote unquote, is healthy. But what does that mean for him? Like, do we actually expect him to play? I really don't. I think he's going to make a lot more money at this point on the conservative like talk circuit and doing uh, church appearances and the like. I don't think he's going to get another contract in the NBA because he is made of glass and his teammates do not like him. Uh, I'm going to take the under on this one. And the thing is, I think this is a better team than last year, but they're an absurdly young team. They have a lot of players with kind of with the exception of Markel Fultz and one or two other guys who have only been in the league, you know, three or less years. Um, they got, I think, Jason Black this past year, who is going to be a talented player, but you're going to have a lot of first year, second year and third year players that you're going to be relying on. And a lot of those even third year players are guys who are 20 or 21 years old. Anthony Black, thank you. Is Jason Black a porn star? Who is Jason Black? Did he fight? Is he an <laughs> MMA fighter? Jason Black is in my head. Someone look up Jason Black and tell me if that's a real person. 
And if he's uh, a porn star, tell me later. <laughs> oh, like you don't need to go in. Don't go to like picture search. I don't need you to like view what he does. Just, just tell me who he is. Uh, he might not be anybody. Of Black Ink Entertainment. Got it. Not a. He has, a, he has an IMDb. I don't think that's yeah, who I'm thinking of. Doesn't matter. Doesn't right matter. I'm thinking of somebody. Film producer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Phil, Phil, Yeah, maybe he makes very specific films. Maybe I see him in the end credits, and he's stuck in my head because you got to wait around for the credits. Oh, you, you wait around for the credits. Yeah, I skipped the credits. The credits are the best part. Everyone knows that. You, you wait for what's right before the credits, and then the credits, and then you cry in the shower for a while. Maybe that's it's the, the process. The era of the Marvel movie masturbators. You know, you got to wait till the end of the credits for something good. That's why a lot of people were getting kicked out of theaters um, <laughs> because they were the they thought they'd be the only ones still there for the credits, but a lot of people were waiting around. A lot of families, a lot of kids. Um, I'm I'm taking the under for this one. I'm not super confident about it, but I'm taking it. Elliot is smashing the over, and he says this is his biggest smash ever. To keep in line with our current uh, porn conversation. Uh, yes, and children. so that I can dodge this topic, I'm going to move on to the uh, 76ers, uh, a team that is both near and dear to Modi's heart and one that probably drives him more insane than any other team. Uh, last year, they went a pretty strong 54 and 28. This year, they're projected for only 48 and a half. Modi, are your Sixers going to hurt you again this year? Um you can call me a homer, even though I hate them more than anything in the world. But I'm on the I'm on the over. Uh, they've been a circus basically in Bede's entire career. They've literally gone over this number every single year, and Bede has actually played basketball. Even the Simmons year where he didn't play, even the Al Horford year where everything was terrible. Whether James Harden plays or not, I just think they're going to win regular season games. I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, but that's not what the conversation is. Uh, so I am on the over. And and to my question, are they going to hurt you this year? The answer is yes, but they are going to be a good regular season team. Uh, they can't hurt someone who's already dead. Oh no! They okay, cannot. good. Cool. Look, you could be coming off a Phillies championship in two weeks. That's true. So you might buy yourself a lot of extra years, much like the Nats and the Caps bought me uh, just a few years true. ago. I was true. hanging by a thread, and 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 I, I like to think I still am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shit. Ferentinos, how do you feel about the Sixers? Yeah, despite uh, James Harden being in Houston for uh, training camp instead of being in uh, Philadelphia lately, which if they move him, I'm curious what return they're going to get. But even if they don't have James Harden, I still think they're going to get the over. They are a really good team. They have a lot of continuity. I think that Nick Nurse is a really good coach. Um, I think that was dumb of the Raptors to give him up, but I think that a more uh, free-flowing offense, which a lot of the players are talking about, is going to really help this team out. Um, and yeah, I mean, they have the MVP of the league. I think they're going to rack up regular season wins. I still think that they're, uh, you know, besides the Bucks and the Celtics, they're definitely in that next year of teams, and I think they are going to rack up a lot of wins in this conference. As much as I hate to say it, I think I'm going to smash this over for the Sixers. Oh, big move. I'm taking the under. I'm going to the other direction. <laughs> um, I They're probably going to be a decent regular season team, but the Harden stuff scares me a lot. Embiid stuff kind of scares me a little bit because I think that there's a non-zero chance that they might try and trade him during the season. Uh, they're probably going to keep him for another year at least because he is the recent MVP and he is Joel Embiid and he is an incredible player. 
But if the right team shows up with just a king making offer, I don't know if I necessarily think the Sixers are going to keep the process going. Um, that's kind of my whole thing on it. Like, I just I have weird vibes about this team, and vibes are not what pick up wins and losses, but something just feels off. And obviously, the hardened stuff is evident. The Embiid stuff scares me a little bit. Uh, well, it doesn't scare me because I hate the Sixers, but it it makes me not want to bet on them to win a ton of games. Um, so I'm going to take the under on this one, and I think Elliot's taking the under as well. So we've got an over, two unders, and a smash over from Tarantinos. Uh, I just have one quick rant to go on that I meant to mention during my point. Uh, when yeah. did Terrence Mann become Michael Jordan? It doesn't. I don't sense. fucking know. He's like a thousand <laughs> years old. Also, can we talk he's, about that? He's 27, and he played 22 minutes per game last year, and yeah. it's holding up this. Tr- it's the dumbest thing. Like the Sixers are adamant that they have to get Terrence Mann. And the Clippers are adamant, and they have to give him up. <laughs> Who the guys? Fuck they cares? talk about Terrence Mann, and this is like not just the thing the teams do. Like media members talk about Terrence Mann, like he's Paolo Bancaro, like he's a twenty-year-old fucking power forward who can do everything. And it's like he's a utility piece that comes he's, off the bench. Who is this guy that you're obsessed with? He's yeah. twenty-seven. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. He should not be the sticking point of any trade on either side. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Hand to God, man. I don't understand it at all. Like, I I don't like I get it. He he does do the Swiss Army knife thing well. That should not hold up your team potentially being a genuine contender. I know you want to have a thousand wings, but you're the Clippers. You already have a thousand wings. Fucking move past it. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. That's anyway, I just had to say that. I'm glad you said it because we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. I don't think we talked about Terrence Mann at all. Uh, but now that we know that that's like the holdup on the Harden deal because everyone is saying it, get this deal done. Bring Harden to L.A. Like, stupid. Let's move on to the Raptors before I uh, beat my face into a wall. Last year, they went a perfectly mediocre 41-41 and 41 because they're a perfectly mediocre team. Uh, just got to <laughs> say that. This year, FanDuel has them at 36 and a half. Uh, Modi, how do you feel about the Raptors? Uh, yeah, I'm smashing this under. Sorry to Elliot. I'm smashing the under. Uh, their GM hates the team and wants to trade all of them. All of them hate the GM. And it doesn't, I don't understand what's going on. This is a, if they weren't in Toronto, they'd be just as much of a circus as like all the other teams that we're used to seeing. But they recently won a title, so nobody cares. If they actually keep their team, and they play basketball, I think they probably will go over this. I'm just not projecting that. So that's why I'm smashing the under. Smashing. I think I'm going the other way on this. I think our producer is going to like this, but I'm going to take the over on the Raptors. Um, As much as they do have a – not going to smash, not going to smash. But um, as funny as it is, it's like, yeah, like, does their GM, like, hate all their players or does he just hoard them and think that they're all Terrence Mann and won't trade them at all? Because, I mean, I know the challenging Pascal Siakam, that was interesting. Like, didn't he just say, like, you got to play better, basically? Like, just, I forgot what the quote was, but he basically, like, publicly called out Siakam for not, like, fitting into the system that they want him to. But despite that, just reading all the names here, like, another year, Scotty Barnes, who we're hoping that he can take a step. They have OG Ananobi, who is always talked about as a 3D guy and trade. Like, I thought 
he was going to get worth like five first round picks last year. The trade. Everyone line. thought he was going to move. Like, has there ever yeah. been a guy who was more guaranteed to move that didn't end up getting? Maybe, maybe uh, Miles Turner, but like, yeah. he's been in trade discussions for three years. Just move him. Uh, I was because the Nets were in a lot of talks too to possibly acquire. God Seattle damn it, or, The Nets are not in the running for every major player. They just have a rich owner. When they had Kevin Durant, they were in the running for Pascal Siakam. So that's what. Yeah, how long do they have Kevin Durant? Not long, but I have that. We went to community college about <laughs> as long as they had Kevin Durant. To uh, to put some context yeah. on that one. About. One and a half years is great, great time. Great um, times. <laughs> but I'm I'm ready for some dick. I want to see what Grady Dick can do. Um, <laughs> what a <Yeah>. transition! <laughs> say 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 the name that you're about to say. Say the name you're about to say. Jakob Pertle. There we go. Look at that. I don't know if it was perfect, but it was close to it. Where is the R? P O E T L T L. It's not. It's what not an that? English name. I don't even know. What I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's like. Um, What's the red stripe? Red stripe, white stripe, red stripe. Can I get I, a, I don't. What is it? Do oh, you? the 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 flag. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, is he Polish? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, possibly Polish, actually. Slovenian? No. no, I don't think so. Austrian? He might be Austrian. But. I just think they got a lot of talent. I think the head coach is a bit of an unknown, so that's not uh, – I mean, their championship odds are plus 8,000, just kind of crazy. Um, not winning but I'm going to take the over. <laughs> and, yeah, I hope uh, they know, Dennis- We're not betting on whether or not they're going to compete for a title this year. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're taking the over, though, because I'm also taking the over. And the only reason I'm taking the over, because I don't really trust them that much anyways, but I'm taking the over because for some reason – Vegas always underrates the shit out of this team. They've hit the over in 10 of their past 12 seasons. I don't know if it's a travel thing. I don't know if there's some weird metrics that like the DeMar Lowry team was really good at that maybe they weren't tracking correctly. I don't know what it is, but Vegas is just consistently wrong on on where their win total should be. So I'm taking the over. Uh, I know Elliot is smashing the over. He always smashes the over. This is one that I will give him credit for because if you would smash the over in ten, in the past 12 years, you'd be highly profitable unless you were rolling the money forward every time. Uh, yeah, I just they're probably going to be a fucking 500 team. Like That'd be great, but they're going to be better than 36 and a half because Vegas is going to get them wrong again. And Let's move you- on. Jakob oh. Pertl is Austrian. Just one of the. He's Austrian. Days. All right, Austrian. So not, it is. Not piss off our uh, international viewers. Just want to make. Do sure we have international right. viewers? Do we have American viewers? <laughs> We're working on oh, it. We're no. working on it. <laughs> We're working on it. All right. Well, maybe they'll enjoy us hating on this next team. The, uh, the illegal streams don't count, so we can't really know. Right. Right. It's the paid streams <laughs> that are holding people back from from watching this or listening to this show. Let's move on to the Washington Wizards. Last year they went 35 and 47. <laughs> this year they are projected to go. Their their projected win total is 23 and a half, which Modi was uh, kind enough to note was the highest negative delta in the NBA. So that's great. Uh, Modi, how do you feel about the Washington Wizards in the 2023 2024 season? 
Uh, this might surprise you, but I am still taking the over because 23 and a half is just way too little wins. Uh, they're the first saddest team in the NBA, but this too is few. A- don't have Elliot get mad at you. <laughs> uh, this total is way too low for a team that refuses to tank for their own benefit. They refuse to do it. So they're going to win 24 games. They're going to do it. <laughs> Toby. All right. Ferentinos, your thoughts? Taking the over before I let you take it over and talk wizards, but like, I just don't see how they're worse than last year, and they won 35 games last year. I mean, I think Tyus Jones, he was always a great backup point guard for Memphis. Obviously, Memphis is a much different system than the Wizards, but he's used to playing winning basketball. Um, It'll be interesting to see what an unleashed Jordan Poole can do. I know Kevin Garnett said that it was similar to James Harden leaving OKC, getting Poole being unleashed for Washington. I'm not going to go... That, uh, you know, I'm not going to hype him up that much, but I think, like, he will have his games where he takes over. And, you know, I just think 23 wins is so disrespectful. Kyle Kuzma is still good. Um, Bilal Koulibaly is definitely the biggest unknown, most raw player that they have, but I'm kind of curious how he's going to work into the rotation, how much playing time he's going to get right off the bat. Um, But, yeah, I just think Vegas is very disrespectful to the NBA players on this roster. I think they're going to get above that, but – I'm not confident that they're going to get too far above uh, 23 and a half wins. It's a good point, though, that they have NBA players. Like, they genuinely do have a roster that is largely made up of NBA players, (laughs) which is not necessarily always the case for the Wizards, even in some of their better years. Go look at those bench units for the year that they won 49 games with Wall and Beal. There's a lot of non-NBA players on that roster. Um to your point about you don't know why they're so low on them compared to last year, it's not even the Bradley Beal thing, honestly. It's the Porzingis thing. Porzingis was their best player last year. I don't think there's any real question about that. Uh, Beal was a largely ineffective player who only played a little bit more than half a season. But Porzingis played, I think, his most games since his Knicks tenure. Um, so losing him is, is, is a big loss. But this team is going to be better than – They're projected to be while still being truly not great at all, like not good. They're not going to be good. They're going to be a a bad version of bad. But 23 and a half wins is so low. And very, very few teams that are not dealing with major injuries to their best or second best player are going to have win totals that low. I'm also taking the over on this one. Uh, Only two teams went under this total last year was the Pistons and the Spurs. Excuse me. The Pistons lost their best player a week into the season. The Spurs uh, traded one of their best players and also specifically were trying to lose as many games as they physically could because they wanted Wemby or Scoot. That worked out for them. The Wizards are not intelligent. They uh, New front office, so you know maybe things will change, but I don't see them being as intelligent as the Spurs were last year. And this draft coming up is not a generational draft. It's not a Wemby and Scoot draft. So you don't necessarily need to get a top three pick this year like you did last year. I'm taking the over. Uh, Elliot's smashing the over on this one. So we're actually going to end on some solid consensus. We've got three overs and a smash over. I can't believe we're all in on the Wizards. But, you know, it's so low that we kind of have to be. Hey, and Landry Shamit has my birthday March 13th. So, dope. Super cool. It's going to be during the season. Uh, you can you can celebrate by going to DC and going to a Wizards game. Kind of crazy that I'm five years older than Landry Shamit, though. 
as well. I'm surprised you're only five years older than him. I would have said he was like 24. <laughs> we'll be we'll be 32 in just a few months. Uh, neither here nor there. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to. Don't want to go down that road. Um, uh, also, uh, Porzingis played 65 games though, and he was uh, 23 and eight with 50% field goal percentage and almost 40%. So that is kind of crazy. I didn't realize he was that effective for the Wizards. Just he also he had down. almost eight win shares, which would put him, I think, in the top like 25 to 30 players in the league on win shares this past year. A really good year. He's really healthy. Um, I don't have enough positive things about to say about how Porzingis was last year. And, yeah, he's part of the reason that I'm taking the over for Boston because, yeah. you know, if he is that level of health, they're going to be nasty. And if he's less healthy than that, then enjoy Al Horford being your starting center. <laughs> uh, um, that's it for the Eastern Conference. Uh, if you have not checked out our Western Conference over-unders, we did that last week. That's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Basically anywhere where there's social media outside of uh, OnlyFans, which we're not on yet, we, we've got something there. We're going to get on Telegram, and we're going to start like marketing ourselves specifically towards conservatives and people in the <laughs> Middle East. So look forward to that. Um, anything else before we get going or get out of here? We have a week until the season. I think it starts next this coming Tuesday? Yeah, can't wait for yeah. opening night. Yeah, opening talk. night is next week. So when we are back, either next Wednesday or potentially later in the week, depending on how the Phillies playoffs go, we might need to, you know, push back a day or two. Um, we will talk about the opening of the season. We've also got, you know, our early season projections for who we think is going to win MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and all the other big awards. If you're still here watching the live stream, we appreciate you tuning in. If you're listening to this after the fact, we appreciate you being here. Make sure you rate and review, and we will see you next time. Ciao.